0: Block Talk Radio. You're listening to Doctor E. J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, this is your host. Jim McKenzie with The Master Key on this Tuesday evening, 6 p.m. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm really enjoying myself with the Lord. Uh, We're on a uh, three-day consecration. Uh, We've been doing this. We did it last year, the last uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the month. I think we've been doing it for now, but... If it's not two or three years Or this third year I forgot how long it's been Maybe this is the second year I don't uh, Really keep up with those kinds of things But we've been on the consecration And I've really been enjoying uh, My time with the Lord And I've really been um, uh, Thankful to the Lord For uh, his fellowship And his communion And the things that he's been uh, uh, Revealing to me I'm, uh, I'm really in a state of blissfulness, because uh, I'm so grateful and thankful and appreciative for his great love that he has uh, poured out to me. I want to go to something that I went to this morning um, uh, in the um, Old Testament, Second Chronicles, we we share about ASAP this morning uh, during our time of uh, prayer. For those of you that have not gathered together with us on the last Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, we would love to invite you to be a part of that prayer line. Uh, 5.30, the last Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tell your family and friends to join us, uh, going to the realm of the Spirit and and, um, uh, dealing with things that has been blocking and stopping our intimacy with the Father and taking back everything the enemy has stolen from us. Uh, he gave it to me, matter of fact, a few minutes before we got on the line this morning, dropped that in my spirit uh, concerning ASAP. Matter of fact, he just quoted the scripture to me, how the eyes of the Lord run to and fro uh, uh, throughout the whole earth. He's looking, he's searching for a man or a woman whose heart is bent, um, perfect towards him. Uh, we want to look at some principles in the word of the Lord in this uh, Second Chronicles. We're going to go to the chapter 14 where it all started, and then we can go from 14 and go to 15 and and end with 16. We're not going to um, uh, deal with the uh, whole issue here. Uh, we're going to touch um, a little here and a little there, and uh, but show you this man of God. There's some principles that you and I can learn. Uh, from this king uh, that God uh, uh, allowed to be erected on the throne to oversee Israel, he did some awesome things, and uh, the Scripture clearly tells us that he did things that was right in the sight of the Lord. But his ending uh, wasn't as great as his beginning. We can learn something from here, so you and I can be able to be alert. We can be aware. We can be discerning. Um, starting out good, but ending bad makes you starting out good bad. And so you can lose everything. Uh, you can accomplish a lot in the beginning, but lose everything at the end. Um, and the only way you can um, um, be restored, if you do repent, uh, at the end, if you make bad decisions and repent of them, uh, we know that the God that we serve is a merciful God. He's a gracious God. And so uh, let's go, if you will, to Second Chronicles chapter 14 and uh, look at some principles here. Starting at verse 1, we're going to be just touching different ones in here uh, 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 in the word of the Lord. Verse 1 says, So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asaph his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was at rest for ten years. Then something else had to happen after the ten years. We'll see as we continue to read. And uh, I'm going to share some principles uh, from my life. Um. As I went back over this here, I know God, I can kind of tell when God speaks something to me for me. And uh, when we finished praying this morning, I went back over chapter 16, but then I then I knew he wants to continue to talk with me. So I went all the way back to the beginning of ASAP, which starts here at chapter 14, 15, and 16, ends at 16, and Second Chronicles here. But notice the principle here, if you win in verse 1, it says, In his days the land was at rest for 10 years i was talking to uh, one of my spiritual sons today uh and he was sharing with me about uh a christian gentleman uh, uh talked to him about uh, an investment uh he may want to get in looking to get into. and uh, that investment uh he told i think it's crackling uh, uh frightling or something like that um uh I uh, said I don't think I ever heard that before. It's drilling for oil, but um uh, pumping water into the earth with chemicals to be able to bring the oil up. And he said a lot of people has died because the chemicals get into the water system. He was telling me about one political city, uh, I think he saw it on the news or something. Uh, people dropping dead on the street, children with cancer because of those chemicals that they put in the water to bring the oil up. And uh, he was telling the the, uh, the the guy who was talking to him about the investment that um, he couldn't see himself getting involved in anything like that because people people's dying behind that. And, um, and him and I was di- dialoguing. Uh, when it comes down to money, that is, that's where the love of money becomes the root of all evil. Uh, when God bless you, you don't have to hurt anyone. Uh, when God bless you, you don't have to, whatever he's blessing you with is not going to violate somebody else's life. And so because of greed, uh, people will do anything. They don't care how many people die and usually, you for oil anyway. These guys are probably multi-billionaires and uh, but greed and so uh, we shared that with me it brought my attention to a message I did years ago called prosperity in a famine land prosperity in the famine land and in that particular message we was talking about the blessings of the Lord and prosperity but in that message uh, uh, I was showing the people that every time that there was sin severe sin in the land uh, a, a, a severe sin, and a nation, the land always suffered. Uh, when you go back to the first mention of a famine, you can always trace. Look always when you do a study. Uh, uh, always look at line upon line, precept upon precept, and look at the principle of the thing, and then you'll see it all throughout the Word of the Living God. When, um, when the when there was great sin. The land always suffered, always suffered. I guarantee you, any nation that is a poverty-stricken nation, the nation is a poverty-stricken nation because uh, many times the leadership themselves uh, is the capital principle of sin. They are the ones that has released uh, the judgment of God upon the land or enter in covenants with the devil, and the devil comes in and manipulates the sea and destroys the land. The land always suffered as a result of sin. We see this from with God in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, after Adam sinned, what did he do? He put a curse on the land. On the land. The land suffered. When there is a nation or a people or a community that will make up the decision, uh, will make up their mind, excuse me, that they're going to follow the lord they're going are uh, they going to enter into a covenant with the Most high God Lord we're going to serve you all the days of our life, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you the land, the community, wherever it is uh, it will begin to prosper. I guarantee you their crops will be greater than everybody else's crops in hundreds of thousands of miles around them. Who have not covenant with God, I guarantee you that uh uh um, witty inventions will break out. God will give people dreams and visions concerning doing things, creating things, and who will cause that community or that city or the nation to flourish because that people has made a decision that they're they're going to covenant with God and they're going to serve him all the days of their life. Here's another pattern in the word of the Lord. Every time, do a study on this. When you look at Israel being defeated by their enemies, Israel going into captivity, ladies and gentlemen, watch. It was always because of the king. The king took the children of Israel, or the uh, children of Judah, took them, into idolatrous worship. And they suffered. The land suffered. Famine came. Pestilence came. All these things came as a result of the decision that the authority of the land made. That's very important that we understand these principles. And so, therefore, the land suffered. What suffered? The land suffered. So even if we see in the word of the Lord, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, what the Bible talks about. How the earth groans and travails, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth itself is under uh, the dominion and the influence of sin. This is what the Lord speaks through Paul in Romans 8. And And the earth is looking for, waiting for. Why? Where is the sons of God to set us free? To set the earth free waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God to liberate it. Oh, if we can understand these principles, ladies and gentlemen, do you see how powerful you and I are designed to be? It's a difference. The did a teacher on this a while back. It's a difference in being a child of God and being a son of God. It didn't say waiting for the children of God. It's waiting for the sons of God. Sons of God has came to the place where they don't have intellectual knowledge of sonship they have been developed into sonship they have been matured into sonship and when a man and a woman matures into sonship ladies and gentlemen your ranking has uh gone to another level because now god can trust you to be able to speak to elements the earth is the lord's the earth has, is not satan's the earth is the lord and the fullness thereof Uh, the gold, the silver, the cattle on a thousand hills, the scripture tells us this. When Jesus died on Calvary's cross, ladies and gentlemen, and to redeem man back from Satan, Jesus' death just didn't redeem man back, but it redeemed the creation back. Colossians tells us that, the book of Colossians. But we see in the word of the Lord, I won't say the word of the Lord, but we see in society that Satan is still manipulating He's still manipulating, and so therefore, it is the sons of God's responsibility to exercise the dominion that God originally gave Adam, which was restored to the church. But as long as the church is in the infant stage, stage, the church will not be able to exercise dominion. That's just like, ladies and gentlemen, putting a, a grenade, a bomb. In the hands of one of your children that is five six seven years old, they don't know it's a bomb playing around with it they're going to blow themselves up and destroy themselves. that's just like uh we've seen multiple situations on on the news where children uh uh <clears throat> excuse me in elementary school junior high school and they find it a parents uh weapon and they take that weapon to school, playing around with it. And end up accidentally shooting one of their friends. Didn't mean to do it. But a child is not responsible no understand weapons. And so, therefore, they end up killing someone accidentally. That's what will happen if God released uh, uh, into your hands full dominion, which God gave to Adam before he sinned. So, he didn't say sons of God would set the earth free. I'm mean, saying children of God would set the, the sons of God. It, the earth is waiting for the manifestation of sons. And how do you and I become sons? See, you can become born again and you can be saved for 50, 60, 70 years and, and never, never come into the place of sonship. You stay the child of God, you save saved, you're a child of God, but you have not entered into sonship. Do a study on that when you get a chance. It's a beautiful study in Romans 8 there, when you get a chance there. And it talks about, Paul talks about both of them in, in Romans 8. Children of God, sons of God. Children of God, sons of God. He talks about, um, I think, um, I really didn't want to get into this <laughs> tonight. since uh, The Lord has shifted me here. Uh, it talks about uh, you and I being um, heirs, children, heirs, and joint heirs with Christ. Matter of fact, let's go over to that real quick. I want to come back to uh, Second Chronicles. And that's what happened to me many times. Because I, I really want to go through all three chapters and just touch a couple of scriptures on three chapters here. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, if you will. Give me some time, because I'm using this electronic uh, uh, Bible here. And uh, sometimes it, it comes real quick and pretty good. And uh, sometimes... It, um, I have a pretty good, uh, uh system in my house here, a uh, Wi-Fi system. Let's look at this thing, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I thought I had these, um, all mapped out here. But, uh, let's think it's Romans 8 and, uh, I think it's, um, 20, uh, thank you, here it is, right here. Let's start right here, if you will. Um... Uh, this is beautiful. Uh, I'm be read, I'll be reading out of the Amplified Version. It says here in uh, verse 16, uh, let's restart 15. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage, to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit which, uh, uh, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, producing sonship, the Holy Spirit, producing sonship. And it goes on to say, verse 8, 16, the Spirit himself does testify together with our spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Now, the Spirit' design, uh, uh, goal, uh job is to produce sonship, and it says we were sons. You are children first, and children grows into sonship. 15 talks about, Amplified Version, producing sonship. 16 says, the Spirit himself does testify together with our spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Assuring us that we are children of God, not assuring us that we are sons of God. Assuring us that we are children of God. Let's move on, if you will, verse 17. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs. And it says sons. Every child is an heir. My children, well basically all of them are almost grown now. let uh, uh, me um, see money is sixteen. Uh turned sixteen this year. Uh, ecstasy is considered a um uh, uh, an adult now. So she just turned nineteen. <laughs> uh you see they when you get eighteen you 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 see yourself as an adult. I have no problem with that as long as you're responsible. As long as you can buy your own food and buy your own clothes and pay your own way. I have no problem with that. But as long as you're in my house, you're still my child. Uh, Grown up, whatever the case may be, until you you take care of yourself. But let's move on, if you will. And if we are uh, his children, then we are his heirs. Uh, Heir. Every single thing that I own, my children's heirs of it. Even if, even if all my children was three, four, five years old, they still is an heir of everything that I own. It really belongs to them. It just haven't been released to them. It haven't been released to them. So notice what it says. In it. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must, uh, only we must share his suffering. If we are to share his glory, and, and there's a principle here, God, ladies and gentlemen, is not in the, the suffering business. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. He's not a, 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 a allowing or want you to suffer just to suffer, but there's a reason why. There's a reason why, and this have a lot to do with what we were sharing this morning on the prayer line concerning faith. And concerning the trials that try us, everything has a purpose behind it with God. There's absolutely nothing that you are going through right now That's caught God by surprise. there's nothing that you're being challenged with right now that God didn't know before the foundation of the world, before you was born. Not one single thing, ladies and gentlemen I'm telling you it's a purpose behind it, and the purpose behind it is good. The purpose behind it is not evil. The purpose behind it is good and not evil. But the problem is many times uh, we don't see the purpose or we don't trust God in the midst of the situation and the purpose of God can never be birthed through us. Everything is really designed to bring you to sonship. Everything that you go through is designed to bring you to sonship. That's, that's what it's designed. And when, you, when you're progressing As we first started off here in verse 15, as you're progressing, it says producing sonship. You're moving from one dimension to another dimension. You're moving from a child to an adolescent, from an adolescent to a young adult, from a young adult to a full-grown adult, from a full-grown adult to a senior citizen. You're progressing, not naturally, but spiritually. And suffering, ladies and gentlemen, is, 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 is the thing that God uses to qualify your sonship. And how he does that? By my faith, trust in the midst of him. I, my faith is in God, my Father. I know my Father loves me. And I know my Father does not allow me to go through anything to destroy me. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. What God's going to do, He's going to use that temptation and leave you a way of an escape. And that temptation is designed, ladies and gentlemen, to take you from one dimension of sonship, uh, from children to sons, or uh, one dimension of sonship to the next dimension of sonship. So if God never allows uh, 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 suffering to be in vain. It's never designed for that. But if you hold on, you don't complain. You don't murmur. You don't grumble. You don't uh, 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 communicate about what you're going through. That's another thing I was sharing with people uh, not too long ago. Anytime you have been bombarded and being tested, all and all bombardments comes in your mind first. That is the time not to communicate with anybody because you're going to end up talking about the wrong things and setting yourself up for a fall. I learned that as a young, 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 young Christian. When you're bombarded, when you've been tested, and you don't understand the test, you don't understand the thing that is happening to you, keep your mouth closed. Because you're getting ready to sin against God, and you're getting ready to sin against yourself. You're getting ready to forfeit the blessing that God has already arranged for you to receive out of the thing that you've been tested with. You're getting ready to forfeit it. And that's why we see so many people going through the same old thing over and over for 50 years. Because they have never passed the test. Let's move on, if you will. He says, uh, if you're willing to share in his suffering, you're going to share in his glory. And that's a thing that is not taught a lot today. Every man of God, every woman of God that God has done anything with, they ever done anything with, ladies and gentlemen, they go through that process of suffering before they go through the process of glor- being glorified. Everybody, looking from, from Genesis to Revelation, ladies and gentlemen, it's the pattern of God, and all of us must pass that way. Well, I can't say all of us must pass that way, because sometimes you will pave the way for somebody else. And and usually when you pay the away for somebody else, then what you have gained with your relationship with God through the suffering and glorifying process, usually, not all the time, when they have never had to go through anything, the glory that you leave them or the blessing that you leave them usually is not appreciated. Usually there will be an abuse and a misuse unless you're training them well. Unless you train them, well, I'm tell you what I mean by that. Isaac is the perfect example. Abraham was tested to the max. You don't really see Isaac being tested that much at all. Period. But Abraham died a very, 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 very wealthy man, and he left it with Isaac. And Isaac, the only test we see with Isaac uh, in the Word of the Lord, well, it's more than one test. But the major test is when the famine came in Genesis 26. And he did, he's attempting to do the very same thing his daddy did, to go into Egypt. And God said, no, because it never was God's design for Abraham to go into Egypt. And when in Egypt, they said he got in trouble. He caused his wife to lie. So God said, no, don't go into Egypt. Stay right here. But uh, Isaac lived in a state of rest based on all the days of his life. Because his job, ladies and gentlemen, was was to, was to bring forth two sons, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob out of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel. Now let's go on, if you will, and, and um, I really didn't have any intention of going through Romans today at all, but that's how we flow, you know, when you're prophetic in nature, the spirit of God orchestrates. I have my outline, he orchestrates everything. But verse 18 says, but what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worthy uh being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us. That is powerful all by itself, ladies and gentlemen. That is powerful all by itself. I like, I like how the M5 brings that out. Notice what it says. Talk about the suffering now. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life are not worthy being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed. I was talking to a group of pastors on uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago and uh, got online. Matter of fact, we didn't pray. Uh, that's my Wednesday prayer line. And I uh, used to get on, uh, get on the line So, how's everybody doing? And uh, sometimes I just jump right into the prayer. But that morning, I felt led to actually how it was everything. And everybody would tell me about the challenges that they were going through, and various very severe challenges. But the Spirit of God rose up in me and began to to encourage them, encourage them. I said, do not do not give up. Do not quit. I said, God cannot lie. And I shared with them, I had just listened to a prophetic word uh, message of uh, the watch night service of Bishop Hammond. He had sent them out to uh, to us. And I normally don't even li- uh, 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 um, listen to those. And I haven't just listened to it that particular day. And uh, uh, very encouraging about 2013, and Bishop Hammond is known all over the world, and so he was talking about the prophets that he's in relationship with all over the world, and many of them were saying the same thing about 2013 is going to be a year of explosive uh, wealth, and and uh, God's going, doing great things, and so actually I said, listen. We're already in in the month of August. We are the past half of the year, and it seemed like nothing has happened. I said, but that's how God operates, and God does not allow me to say this just to say to me. He's saying this to our radio audience today. Nothing is by coincidence. Not this, not this radio audience. Not God shifting me from over there from Chronicles to to uh, Romans here. God wants to encourage you. But everything works by faith. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. God's word is going to come to pass in your life. And when God is speaking the same things to basically the majority of the of the uh, uh apostles and prophets, uh, not just in this nation, globally. And everyone got their own twist to it, other words, because we prophesy in part. I just met an apostle recently, and um, and he was sharing some things with me uh, 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 concerning 13, what God gave him. Powerful principles. Powerful word. And uh, 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 how the uh, Lord gave him that, that number 13, and, uh, and certain numbers e- e- uh, equal up to 13 in the scripture. It's dynamite. I said, man, that is awesome. Matter of fact, I never heard it that way before. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the time to give up and quit. This is not the time to faint. This is not the time to lose heart. This is not the time to turn coward. God must test you. He must test me. Ladies and gentlemen, I would tell the those preachers, and i tell people, about that, I said, I'd i probably go through more than all you all. But you all don't hear me. You don't hear me complaining. You don't hear me mummer. You don't hear me grumbling. That ain't going to happen because I really understand this is a reality to me. This is my life. This is my life. I know the power of your words. I refuse to enslave myself. I refuse to entrap myself. I refuse to bring myself up on the curse. My wife has never heard me complain. My children has never heard me complain. And I, I take the I take basically all of the pressure on uh 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 I wouldn't say take the pressure. But the things that come to this family, I take it. The things that come to this church, I take it. I don't complain to my, my leadership and tell them and, and, and pout and cry, oh this is happening to me, da da da. I usually take it. The last episode I went through two years ago, that probably one of the most devastating things situation uh, I made and I saw myself shifting a little bit. Talking to my leadership, never done it before. But it was good for me. And God used a young lady uh that was a member of our church that tra- uh uh that um relocated to Georgia said, Dr. McKiss, I never seen you flow this way before. I was with us when we went through that last situation, and you never, ever uh said anything to nobody, and and God used her to let me examine myself. She wasn't a preacher, she wasn't a teacher, she wasn't an apostle prophet. That's how God operates. And we have to humble ourselves acknowledge, make, okay, wait, you you you're right. I see that. And I went before God and repented before the Lord. I wasn't complaining anything at all. But I was getting up and I was sharing the state of God concerning the panorama and myself and blah, blah, blah. I didn't even do that back then. Because it kind of seemed like a justification thing. And I never do that. I never do that. I never step and defend myself. The moment you defend yourself, you just forfeited God being your defense. And you can never defend yourself like God can defend you. I learned all of these things as a young man, all these things. And I thank God for his grace and his mercy by using that young lady to speak those words. And when the Lord used her, conviction came to me, I made the adjustment, repented before God, went forth from there. So we, we need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, how this thing operates. Your suffering is really preparing you for your glory. I'm going to say it again. Your suffering is preparing you for your glory. Your suffering is not designed to kill you. Your suffering is not designed to destroy you. It is designed to prepare you for your elevation. It's designed to prepare you for your promotion. Because if you ever receive the blessing, you receive the glory without properly and adequately going through your suffering, when the glory comes, the blessing comes, it will destroy you. You want to know why? Because the glory is bigger than you. Your suffering is designed to prepare you and to make you out of the glory. It's it's, it's designed to strengthen you so that the glory isn't greater nor bigger, but you are compatible with the glory. You are one with the glory because of the internal fortification. God was doing something on the inside of you. He was building you, strengthening it. It don't feel like it when you're going through, ladies and gentlemen. It don't even look like it when you're going through, when you're being challenged. You have to walk by faith, baby. When the suffering comes, the challenge comes. You got to walk by faith. You got to do. Uh, you got to do everything within your might to believe God, to trust God, to hold on to God, because it may appear that you're going under. You cannot go under because your God can't go under. Jesus never went under. If Jesus is in you, you're not going to go under. But so God has to test us. he got to test us. he got to try us. See, do I believe in the invisible or do I believe in the visible? And like I shared this morning, your test will always be the visible. It will be always from this realm. Your challenge will be from this realm. Your mortgage, your job, your business, your investment, somebody ripped you off, somebody stole from you. It's going to be always something from this realm. The reason God allow your things from this realm to be tested or challenged is because he's trying to set you free from it. You could never access the invisible, which created this realm. That is more powerful and more greater than anything. That's why the scripture tells us, what we read this morning, I found this scripture that you test of your faith. It's more precious than gold. Faith is in the believing, trusting, and believing in the invisible. It's the invisible that created the gold. That's why it's more precious. Because your faith can get you the gold. The gold cannot sustain your faith. But your faith can get you to go, and your faith can sustain the goal. If the goal is removed, you're not moved because of your intimacy with the one that created the goal. That's why he must test us. That's why he must challenge us. You must qualify for the glory. And how he does that? By testing, ladies and gentlemen. By suffering. You must be tested in your marriage, before your marriage can be elevated, you must be tested as a parent before the wisdom of a parent is developed on the inside of you. You must be tested as a businessman, people ripping you off, people stealing from you, people lying to you, and you still trusting God and having the right attitude that is preparing you for a greater elevation to manage millions. Because now your business is only managing thousands, but God got to test you on the thousand level before he can promote you to the million level. Then he got to test you on the million level before he can promote you to the billion level. He got to test you on the billion level before he pr- uh, promote you to the uh, a trillion level. I know that sounds some crazy numbers, there to have billions and trillions. Uh, but God is getting ready to bring some people into it. Do you believe that today? Uh, I stand on the word. Let's move through this right here, if you will. Um, verse 19. For even the whole creation, this is the verse I want to get to, because we're talking about Asa. The Bible said the land had rest. The land had rest for 10 years. And I want to go back over that, and I have enough time to go back over that to show you the principle in this thing here. Notice what it says, verse 19. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly. All nature, the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's Son. Oh, they're not waiting for God. No, they're waiting for God's sons to be made known. Waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. They're waiting for the sons of God to get the revelation of their sonship. Are you getting this? Verse twenty. For the creation nature was subject to fertility. Uh. 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 To uh. Let me see. Da da da. Yeah, fertility. Fertility, condemned to frustration. Who? The whole creation was condemned to what? Frustration. Once the creation of God was turned over to Satan, the whole creation came upon the frustration. Because now the creation is made to do things it never was made to do. The creation never, the the wind and the sea, Was never created to cause hurricanes. Never. The faults in the earth was never put there to come subject to Satan that he would use and manipulate the faults in the earth to cause earthquakes. That was never designed. The tsunamis. The wind, wind uh, the the wind and the ocean get together and cause massive damage. The wind and the sea is crying out, "Who is going to set us free? Have any man, any woman come, come came into sonship yet? Have anybody come liberate us, set us free from this condemnation?" this frustration set us free is there's anybody got a revelation of their sonship a revelation of who they are what the cross really accomplished the resurrection the ascension the enthronement have anybody got the revelation and coming to the sonship to set me free i'm not here to kill god didn't create me to kill God didn't create me to steal. God didn't create me to destroy. Are y'all getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Children cannot set the creation free. Only the manifested sons of God. Coming into our sonship. When we come into our sonship, we come into our rights. We know what is ours. Jesus was the son of God. He is the model of sonship, ladies and gentlemen. He's the model of sonship. When the wind was cutting up while Jesus was asleep, what did he get up and do? He didn't pray to the Father. He said, Peace be still. And what happened? The sea that was mysterious ceased. The wind ceased. And tell me, isn't that beautiful? Jesus told a young lady one time to a woman, listen, it is not meek for me to give the children's bread to dogs. I didn't come here for you. I came here for the lost house of the whole of Israel. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master table. Blew his mind. He said, whoa! Man, I ain't saw no faith like this. No, even Israel. Go ahead. Your your daughter's healed. She was demon-possessed. Her faith released from Jesus, what she needed for her daughter. Her daughter was set free. Sonship, he's out of a pattern. So Jesus set people free. Just like the earth is crying out. Will somebody set me free? You all are setting human beings free. You're casting out devils human beings. Will you tell rebuke this devil and have this devil leave us alone? The wind says, rebuke him. The father did not create me. To steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, but there is a people. There is some men and women of God that is being raised up. They're getting this revelation. And God is, uh, is stationing them all over the world. That when the enemy comes with massive destruction, they will stand up and begin to prophesy. They will prophesy to the wind. They will prophesy to the sea. They will prophesy to the forks in the earth. And they will say, peace be still. I rebuke the devil by the blood of the cross. Take your hands off of God's creation. Jesus is the Creator. The Father created everything through the Son. Jesus is the Redeemer of the ocean. Jesus is the Redeemer of the wind. Jesus is the Redeemer of the earth itself, the forks in the earth. He is the Redeemer of all creation. He's just a redeemed. He just didn't redeem mankind and human beings. He redeemed the creation itself, ladies and gentlemen. And ladies and gentlemen, this is beautiful. This is showing us right in the word, word of the Lord. But we don't see the liberation of creation because creation is waiting for the sons of God to come into the revelation of their sonship. And you will never do it without without the Holy Spirit unveiling this to you. And you're willing to go through the things that God has assigned for you to go through for your glory. Are you hearing me? For your glory or your sonship. Same thing. When you enter in full sonship, then you enter into glory. That's what it really means. To come into sonship, you're coming into glory. Other words, coming to glory, you now have come to the place, and you are the man or the woman of God that God has designed you to be. Now you're coming to glory. Because now you're functioning the way that God created you to function. The majority of us is functioning beneath sonship. We'll function as children, but we're not functioning as manifested sons. But there's a people. There's a people. There are some sons and there are some daughters that have not bowed their knees to bail. There are some sons and daughters that are not complaining. They have gone through with their marriage. They have gone through in their body. They have gone through financially. They have gone through with their parents. They have they've been rejected by their parents or their siblings. They have been cast out, but they have not forsaken their God. And every time you turn around, you've been blamed for something that you didn't do. You've been lied on. But you don't complain. You close your mouth and say, for your glory, Father. For your glory, Father. Grace me to stand, Father. Grace me to hold on, Father. Because we understand it's not by power nor by might. We understand it's only by the Spirit of God that we stand. The Spirit of God, the grace of God. The endowment of the Father. The enablement of the Father. And who I am because of the grace of God. I share it with my children all the time. I say, God has blessed your father. God has blessed your mother. It's not because we're so, bi- we're so awesome, we're so dynamic, we're so great. I say, it's because of his grace and grace only. We believe him. We trust him. It's not because of our education. It's not because of the degrees. It's not because of none of that stuff. How many people know you got degrees galore all over the world? And they live a defeated life every single day, frustrated, aggravated, marmor, grum, and complain. I'm talking about degrees in theology, counseling, biblically. No, it's about Christ. We are who we are because of grace and grace only. And once we forget that, then we have already failed. But we could enter the sonship because we refuse to complain, we refuse to murmur, we refuse to grumble because our faith, our trust, our confidence in the one who created us in his image and his likeness. The one that saved us, delivered us, set us free. The one that redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. The one that delivered us from the powers of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The one that's come into our life with the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And we trust him. We hold on in the midst of our suffering because we know it's only a matter of time that we're going to be lifted up far above the suffering, the pain, the aggravation, frustration, the manipulation, the lies, the character assassination. It's only a matter of time. You cannot stay there. You cannot live there. It cannot hold you down. it it couldn't hold Jesus down, it will not hold you down. A day of resurrection is coming from you. If a day of death came to you, a day of resurrection is coming to you. You are dying. These things that this suffering is designed for you to die. To die to yourself, to die to your will. You're not going to make decisions out of your flesh. I'm going to die to my flesh. I'm going to die to my will. I'm not going to make a decision in this state because I'm going to make the wrong decision. But I'm going to hold on. What is he doing? He's allowed me to experience death to my will, death to my desires, death to my thoughts, death to everything that I would have done to bring myself out of this situation. Then all of a sudden, just like Jesus was raised from the dead, all of a sudden you have been raised for above the accusations, the slander. You've been raised for above that which people have stolen from you and ripped you off. You 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 experience a resurrection now. But you want to know what the suffering does? If you handle it right, it produces the nature of God in you. Sonship. Then those same people that God used to come against you. Not the devil, God used to come against you. You have the right mindset towards them, the right attitude towards them. You're just like Jesus, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Just like Stephen, when he was uh, preaching the gospel, uh, uh, the Bible says in, uh, in Acts that uh, they began to gnash their teeth and, and they began to cover their ears because they didn't want to hear the gospel. And they took stones and they stoned him to death. Before he died, the Bible says he looked up in heaven and saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father and saw Jesus stand up. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The same identical thing that the uh, the Lord Jesus said, sonship. Forgive them. They know not what they do. Because he realized it wasn't them. It was the devil using them. That's when you know you come to a place of sonship and maturity. You'll look at people and say, God, forgive them. They know not what they do. When I went through my uh, situation two years ago, I never experienced no pain like that. I never experienced accusation and slander, character assassination, the way uh, uh, it happened to me. Folks rose up and gathered together. They banded together and came against me. I never touched them with my tongue, and I could have, because that was a test for me. And a lot of people have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, there's things that men and women of God, that God has elevated and they have experienced the dimension of God can do that you wouldn't believe. Like Elisha. When the children came against Elijah, they was uh, it was picking at him. Go up your bald head, go up your bald head, go up your ball head. Because he was talking about his master head was taken from him, Elijah he commanded the bear to eat them, uh, to, <laughs> to to uh, jump on them. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, there's a place, there's a rim, but God has to test you in that. You have to be disciplined in that. You can never use your authority and power for personal gain. It is always given to you for the benefit of the king and the kingdom. You have to be a place. See, that, that's, that's when you have mature. He can trust you. If the majority you knew what a man or woman of God, that God has elevated into a certain realm, what they really can do in the realm of the spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I know for a fact, a lot of people's lives is blocked because you have immature people that have tasted the power of God and they have blocked you in the realm of the spirit and you have no idea that you've been blocked. They know how to tie your spirit up in the realm of the spirit. Your spirit is the only means that have access to God and God have access to you in the earth realm. And if your spirit is tied, and you don't know your spirit is tied, and everything starts falling apart, and you don't even know why. Because you got in relation relationship with some man of God, woman of God, that may be envious of you, jealous of you, or you're offended, and they know how to go into the realm of the spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And but they're gonna, they gonna they're going to suffer greatly when they die and stand before God in judgment because they use what God gave them for personal gain and they didn't use it for the advancement of the kingdom. They didn't use it to set you free that was being manipulated to come against them. You got to understand how this works, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be shocked and surprised of the ability of certain men and women, especially people that, that, that is more prophetic and apostolic, but I don't really want to use the word apostolic today because a lot of this apostolic people... Let me leave that alone. Let me move on. For I sin with my tongue. And uh, we want to continue to stay in alignment with the Father here. So we see here in the Word of the Lord that, that notice what the Scripture says here. Verse 20 here. Beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. For the creation nature was subjected to a fertility, to fruitility, uh condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on His part, but by the will of him who uh, so subjected it. Yet, with hope, God himself subjected it because of the sin of Adam, because God cursed the earth as a result of Adam's sin. And it goes on to say here, verse 21, That nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom Of God's children. Freedom of God's children. Not freedom of God's son. But who's going to set it free? The sons. The sons will set it free. That it will enter into the glorious freedom of God's children. The children has been set free. The moment you gave your life to Jesus. The the Jesus broke the power. Now I'm going to say the power. The authority of Satan. Or the right of Satan. The right of sickness. The right of diseases on you. The right. His power may be still active in you. But his right has been taken away. And that's why you now have to exercise your right over the power of the enemy and tell it it has no right. But the problem with that, a lot of Christians don't know that the devil don't have no right. He really don't have a legal right to you. And that's why the Bible tells you and I in Matthew chapter 18, whatever you bind, whatever you bind, whatever you bind, you wait on somebody else to bind the devil for you. Whatever you bind will be bound in heaven. It's what is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose is what has already been loosed in heaven. I love the Amplifier because it brings it closer to the Greek. It said whatever you forbid, whatever you forbid, not your daddy, mama, brother, sister, not your pastor, whatever you forbid to be unlawful and improper is what must be already unlawful and improper in heaven. But what is unlawful and proper in heaven? Satan. What is this unlawful and proper in heaven? Divorce. Whatever is unlawful and improper in heaven. Uh chaos, confusion, division. Whatever is unlawful. Sickness, disease, poverty, life, famine. It's unlawful. He said, then if it's unlawful there, then you call it here unlawful. That's my job, your job. But a lot of times we get frustrated and we're tired of fighting. And but it's our responsibility to enforce what's in heaven in earth you got to forbid it. And whatever is lawful and proper in heaven, you declare it to be proper and lawful on earth. So you speak to your body and you tell your body, say, listen, this thing that's challenging you, it is unlawful and is improper, and I forbid your function in my body. Get out of my body now in the name of Jesus. But that which is proper, that which is lawful, I permit it. Divine health is proper. Divine health is lawful, and I permit it in my body. You might have to say that 50 times a day, all day long, or five days a week, whatever the case may be. Saying it in faith. You can take it to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to manifest. It's going to manifest. Are you hearing me? So here, beautiful uh the scripture, let us know, ladies and gentlemen, that the creation is waiting, it's waiting for you, it's waiting for me uh 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 many of you uh, I don't know if many of you because I don't know who all, how many of you guys uh is with us today, but I remember when Hurricane Katrina was coming here, and uh we were having a prayer meeting one Monday. Here is an example of liberating creation, and uh uh uh. Uh, I am a stickler for being on time because to me, this be, uh, being late is disrespecting the Holy Spirit. And see, this is another thing. See, you want to bind the devil and, and speak to creation, and you disrespect and dishonor God? You can't you obey God? All of these are principles. This is why people, it, it, it's just amazing. It's amazing. We want to flow in this, but we don't want to be subject to the God that created me. And provided sonship for me. I want to dishonor him and disrespect him when God said, I want you, I want you in, in, in church at, at um church start at seven o'clock. I want you there. No, you come in, seven fifteen, seven twenty, and just walk in there, pranch your little cell phone in there, and then when if we if it's in a prayer meeting start doing spiritual warfare, you want to get right engaged in spiritual warfare and do not understand. You dishonor, disrespected him, and you want to bind the devil, the devil's gonna laugh at you, say, How can you bind me when you already bound? By the mere fact fight you dishonored your God, you you bound yourself. All these little principles. So therefore, uh let's let's close right right here. It says here in verse twenty two We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves too, who have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, a forte of the blissful thing to come, groan inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from the sensuality of the grave which will reveal our adoption, our, our manifestation as God's sons. Well, I didn't get a chance to get over to Asa. That's really thought that's where God was going to take me. That's what I love about the Lord. When you're sensitive to him, you just let him have his way. You go with him. But he's waiting for sonships. Uh, not sonship. Uh, men and women that will come to the place of the revelation of sonship. Then you and I will begin to rule and reign. I'm doing a series. I did a series. I came out of a meeting, uh, with one of my spiritual sons' uh, 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 church up there in Margate, and uh, and uh, the Lord spoke to me before I did this meeting. Uh, I was planning on teaching on something something totally different. He said, "I want you to teach uh, on the gospel of the cross." the gospel of the, the, uh, the resurrection, and the gospel of the enthronement. And I don't really—I just touched and scratched at this meeting, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting this over at Panorama. And uh, the Lord said, when the church lives in the strength of the revelation of these three, it's no stopping us. Because, ladies and gentlemen, understanding the cross, the resurrection, and the enthronement of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, all that right there is your victory, and is your uh, 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 victory over sin, victory over the death, victory over Satan. The cross is really the most powerful thing because it begins there, but it don't stop there. It begins there. The cross is the key, but the resurrection is what was restored back to us. The enthronement of you and I ruling in them. the authority of the dominion that Satan, uh, that Adam lost to Satan, that's been restored. But sons only can operate that there when the revelation comes and when it becomes a reality to us you will be able to rule and reign as a king in this life according to the word of the lord all things belongs to you all things belongs to me it has already been redeemed the silver the gold everything is ours corinthians tells us that all things is ours not going to be ours it's ours now but it's just a figment of our imagination the majority of christian we, we hear a good message, oh, man, that was good, that was good. But we don't believe it because our eyes have not been opened to the reality thereof for us to begin to walk in this and begin to exercise it. Demons will begin to bow once it's become a reality. They know they're operating illegally. They know they've been defeated. They know the armor has been taken away from them that they trusted in. It's so already been done. They know that. So let's arise. Let us stop complaining, stop murmuring, stop grumbling. Let us go ahead and ask God to grace us to die daily like Paul did. Uh, we can experience the life of Christ daily. It's only through the death that you experience the life. So be willing to die to yourself so you can experience the life of Christ in every area and facet of your life that you will come into sonship. But it's through the suffering. People say, well, that's, I don't have to suffer because Jesus suffered. Well, in a way that's true. But you've got to bear your personal cross in order for you to come into your personal glory. And your personal cross and personal glory comes as a result of the personal cross and personal glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Christ. When I say personal, it's nothing apart from Christ. It's in Christ. But you and I individually must be willing to go through the same process. Oh, we don't have to die on the cross. The death is the death to self. Not a physical death. A death to E.J. McKenzie. That if I to e, if E.J. died to himself then Egypt will experience the resurrection life of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is why Paul makes this statement in, the, in Corinthians there, when he asked God three times to take the thorn away from him. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient. He got a revelation. And then he turned around. Now Jesus God said, my grace is, is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then he said, well, I'm going to glory then in my weakness. I'm going to glory in tribulation. I'm going to glory in testing. I'm going to glory in this. I'm going to glory in that. Glory, glory. Because when I'm weak, then I am strong. And he understands the strength he's talking about is the strength of Jesus and not his strength. That's how you and I come into sonship. I pray today that you got something from the word of the Lord. The Lord has challenged your faith today. And I pray that God has uh, enlightened you why he has allowed you to suffer certain things. Get your eyes off people because everybody have a season. Everybody have their own time. Get your eyes off of people. And when it's people, when it's their time to uh, be blessed or their time to be elevated, learn how to rejoice. Learn how to rejoice with other people. Learn how to praise with other people. Learn how to be happy for somebody else. Learn how to do that. And when you do that, what it's doing, it is destroying all envy and strife and jealousy and covetousness out of you. And you understand that it's the Father that's doing that for them. And you rejoice with them during their season because you have a season. Everybody have a season. And if you rejoice with them when it's their season, God will cause somebody to rejoice with you during your season. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. We pray that you would take this, meditate on this, and go back over this, if you will. Go back over this and meditate on everything that God has said because he's preparing you for glory. He's preparing you for glory in your marriage. He's preparing you for glory with your children. There's children that's been cutting up and the devil has used them for 50 years, uh, but there's a glory that's coming. Because you had the right attitude You kept on praying for them You didn't give up on them You didn't quit upon them You know that God began a good work in your children That he was going to finish it Until the day of the Lord And Savior Jesus Christ You kept on speaking that And then your child Had a divine encounter And when your child Had a divine encounter uh, uh, On their road to Damascus uh, Their eyes uh, 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 The scale fell off their eyes Their mind was renewed And they came back Like the prodigal son Because they had an encounter With the most high God I decree and declare that your children will encounter God before 2013 is over. With I decree and declare your spouse will encounter God before 2013 is out. I decree and declare that you encounter God in your health. You're going to encounter God in your wealth or the like thereof, and you're going to experience the glory of God. I speak to you now. And I command you to worship him in the midst of your tests. I command you to praise him in the midst of your tests, in the midst of your challenge, in the midst of your service. I command you to get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes off of circumstance and situation. Put your eyes on the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings who died on Calvary's cross for you, for your salvation, for your deliverance, for your success, for your restoration, and for your reconciliation. Don't allow the death of Christ to be in vain in your life. Don't allow it. This is your due season. This is your set time. 2013, the word of the Lord has been spoken from heaven. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. I don't care, ladies and gentlemen, if it goes down to the wire. It goes to December 31st, uh, 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 1159. But I decree and declare, 1159 30 seconds away from 12 o'clock, God's going to manifest with you and for you. You will not leave out of 2013 without God blessing you, without you receiving the manifestation of your blessing. I speak to you today. I decree to you today. I declare to you today. You will not leave out of 2013 without the manifestation of the blessings of God falling upon your life. And in your life. We love you today. We appreciate you today. We thank God for you today. Once again, come join us in the morning. Tomorrow morning is our last day of our last, month, uh, last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer line. Let's see what the Lord will pray through us tomorrow, war through us tomorrow, and battle through us tomorrow. Let's come together collectively. One will put a 1,000 to flight, Two will put 10,000 to fly. Tell your family and friends to join us. Once again, this has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with The Master Key. We pray tonight that your sleep will be sweet in Jesus' name.